Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 67 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Connor Whiteley. And today's episode is on the approaches to psychology for A-level psychology students. Now this is, and it's Saturday the 19th of December 2020 as I record this, so this is definitely a bit pre-recorded, re-recorded, but I want a bit of time off. I have a bit of like time off before Christmas, so I'm recording like this and the next episode quite early. And yes, today's episode is meant for A-level psychology students, which is the 16 to 18 year old um, education for students in the in England. After quite a lot of like quite like real life episodes, I think it's like quite good to get back into the psychology theory, and that's how we're going to do it today. And I I didn't learn like this stuff, so chances are you might not have either. So this episode should be really really interesting okay so we're moving on to the psychology news section because it's saturday i've not got the psychology news yet but i have got the british psychological society the psychologist magazine for december 2020 yeah about 2020 because i said a few weeks ago that i did want to that i did want to talk about a few things things so there's two articles that i really want to look at so first of all our walks can boost positive emotions amongst older people and this is what the article says in the first paragraph. After the age of about 75, people tend to feel more anxiety, sadness and loneliness, and less in the way of positive emotion. Strategy to prevent or at least counteract these deteriorations are badly needed. A new research by a team in the US published in the journal Emotion has now identified one apparently promising strategy, so-called R-Walks. Now this I really, really recommend, and this is something that I quite enjoy myself at because I love going to great natural places that absolutely look brilliant and i and i actually remember going through a bit of a period a period in year 11 that would have been about 16 years old but actually like maybe about like 59 years old and that because i had done quite a lot of my coursework all already i was just like sitting around in lessons because i had like nothing to do so i absolutely loved looking up like beautiful world pictures and just really stunning natural beauty things because because they were just so nice and they were so like relaxing and they were just quite amazing like, to look at because there's some beautiful places on this planet but I, I won't get into the full article because it's a like, quite a long article in like this um news section but all these R walks are about it's about getting the elderly people but like in their tonight just so they can appreciate it and it's all about connecting with nature and just boosting our positive emotions so because when we're out in nature we're like we feel good and it's all of that sort of like cognitive and biological psychology mechanisms that make us feel good. And as we know from other studies, like positive emotions and people who feel more positive. Like I think I spoke about in a psychology news section like a few like weeks back about the um, impact of emotions and how they can help stop like dementia. So this is really important. And the takeaway from this psychology news section is whatever age you are, young, old, middle age, yeah, well, like, etc. Just get out in nature, enjoy it, go to some beautiful places, and just appreciate it and try and feel good about it. 
So the next one, and the last one that I wanted to look at was doing images of injuries can enhance a people's statistic tendencies. So this I was quite interested in. So this is what the first bit of the article says. There is a debate around whether dark traits like sadism are stable or whether they can be induced. Now a new paper in Personality and Individual Differences has found that simple intervention can indeed increase levels of sadism particularly in people who already have some amount of statistic interest. But it leaves a question mark on what that might mean for real-world behaviour. And I'm not actually going to read out this article because, because there are a few things that might like trigger people and they, and they might upset people. But all in all, like, what it says that was that amongst people with lowest sadism scores at the beginning of the study, those who viewed the images of harm showed very slight higher levels of sadism at the end of the study compared to those who viewed the control images. But these effects were much more pronounced in participants who had, who had higher levels of sadism in at the beginning. And this supports the hypothesis that images of harm can increase statistic feelings. So this, I think, is really interesting because I don't really know like, what to say on it, except this is quite a shocking finding, but, but also quite interesting. Yeah, because it's actually quite interesting to go into why... Yeah, to actually go into why this might be happening because the article doesn't actually go into it too much because it's very unclear like why this happens but I think it's a really interesting to note and as always I'd like, love to know your thoughts and feelings on like today's episode you can always email me connorwhitely.net you can always tweet me on twitter at sci-fi and you can always leave a comment at the show notes at connorwhitely.net forward slash blog and today's episode has been sponsored by my cognitive psychology book so with this book I really enjoy because it goes into so much depth about cognitive psychology so like how mental processes affect a behaviour and it goes into a lot of depth about how memory works why memory isn't always reliable and all the different processes processes of how memory can be influenced and then it also goes into emotion the cognitive unconscious which is the correct version of like Freud's original belief and it also goes into a thinking which I think is really really interesting because it goes into the biases and like how thinking can work and how thinking can be quite flawed so it goes into a lot of great topics in such a depth that I really really enjoy so hopefully you will enjoy it too so that's cognitive psychology second edition Available in ebook, all major ebook retailers is available in audio format, available in all major audiobook retailers, and it's available in a print from Amazon and at your local bookstore. And you are and you over can get the audiobook, ebook, and paperback for free and large print if you order it from your local library. So that's enough for the psychology news section. So let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving into the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about the approach to psychology in A-level psychology. And also just I want to say that everyone should get something out of this because I didn't learn this. So, And I learned a lot from like today's episode. But I also just want to say that I'm not going to talk about the, the cognitive approach to behaviour, the biological approach to behaviour, or the social cultural approach like to behaviour. Because the psychology of podcasting, we do talk a lot about those topics and if you go back to the very beginning of the podcast, you will find tons of episodes based on those approaches. And also just I want to say that a lot of the information in like today's episode is from my free ebook, What is Psychology, available for free on all the major ebook platforms. So the first one we're going to look at is the behaviorist approach. So this first approach that we're going to be looking at focuses on the human mind being a black box. So there's an input and then there's a behavioral output. 
So but the easiest way to like Eckhart explain this is that if I was tapped on the shoulder, then this information would be sent to my brain and this would be the input and then my brain would tell me to turn around then that's the, the behavioural output. And behaviourists, which are the people who follow the behaviourist approach, believe that people behave because of life experience and it completely ignores cognitive and biological factors. So I'm not, so to be honest, I'm not actually a fan like this one because because again, it's not holistic, it's very reductionist, meaning it tries to reduce behaviour down to one single cause. Where, And we all know that behaviour is not down to one cause, because behaviour is an interaction between genetics and the environment. So, yes, that's something that I'm not too impressed with. And another um, example of how this behavioural approach isn't isn't like are that good is that um depression because according to this approach depression would be caused by bullying alone and it wouldn't consider the genetic factors for example the serotonin hypothesis or the neurogenesis hypothesis like i talk about in abnormal psychology second edition or cognitive style but the behaviorist approach is based on quite a few assumptions like for example like in behaviorism um if humans are born a blank slate meaning that humans learn from the inner environment and this assumption follows the debate that human behavior is based on nurture and this is of course how you bring up a child and uh, this approach also says that behavior has nothing to do with genet with genetics which i think is wow this, this is actually quite painful reading because again though we all know that this is not necessarily correct and this is the bad thing about these about these approaches they're helpful to some extent but then they're not in other ways because we need holistic psychology because we need to bring all these approaches together to find the truth and of course we know there's no such thing as truth so another assumption is that humans learn through a conditioning so for example if you're being punished for being naughty then that you've been conditioned not to behave in that way and then the final assumption of the behaviorist approach believes that humans and animals learn in similar ways and this is true to some extent but again though there are similar brain structures and brain mechanisms but again though you've always got the debate of how far can we apply animal research to human research so it really is a quite an interesting debate the next approach we're going to be looking at is the very famous the psychodynamic approach to psychology so again this is a this is a quite famous one because this is all about freud so and because this is a quite a like um famous one like we're just like, going to like skim over it like quite quite quickly so this approach proposes that human behavior is as a result of of the unconscious mind and emotions that are beyond our conscious awareness like for example childhood memories that can be traumatic will influence our behavior in the future and then there's the assumptions. So the psychodynamic approach believes that the events in our childhood have a massive impact on our adult life. And this, I think, is quite interesting because childhood definitely has an impact on our childhood. And the exact same goes for the trauma that we suffer in our childhood can be really quite long lasting. But equally, though, we can overcome it. So it's not a hard and fast rule, but this assumption is very, very accurate, I would say. And again, that is just my per yes, and that is just my personal opinion, not my professional one. <laughs> okay, so another assumption, well, assumption is that the psychodynamic approach believes in the unconscious mind, and uh, this is the thing though about the um, cognitive unconscious, which is the more correct one. Whilst this psychodynamic approach goes into stuff like the um, iceberg, which I'll talk about like, in a minute, the way how it actually works is that there are just tons of mental support networks. And then Freud believes that the mind is like an iceberg because most of the mind's workings are underneath our conscious awareness, which is correct. But Freud also believed that the unconscious is responsible for most of our behaviour because we are driven by unconscious drives. 
And actually, um, if I remember my bio, my biological psychology um, lecture on uh, primal drives, that is actually true to some extent because sex, thirst, and hunger we are driven to without any external encouragement. So it could most certainly play into this. So now we're going to go into what the psychodynamic approach believes that the unconscious is made up of. So we've got the id, which develops at birth, and this is part of the personality, is that the unconscious mind that seeks to gain pleasure no matter the cost. Then you've got the ego, and the ego develops around the age of two years old, and this part of the personality is the rational consciousness, and this aspect must be balanced must balance the need for pleasure and getting this pleasure in a sociably acceptable way. Then yes, and then you have the superego which happens around the age of four, and this part encompasses the children's sense of right and wrong and the ideal self and this develops through identifying with one's parents or guardians, and the superego aims to civilise and perfect our behaviour. So, quite interesting ideas, and this is the thing though, Freud gets a lot of... It gets a lot of um, criticism and people tend to dismiss him really quickly but as I've said in tons of in tons of my books and I truly believe this at the end of the day if Freud didn't say what he said and if he wasn't wrong in the first place we would not we would not know as much as we do or we would not be thinking about sexuality the role of a childhood trauma and there were just so many things and there were just so many things that we would not even consider without Freud actually starting at the debate so again though i respect for it because he started all of this and he really got us thinking about some really important issues that underpin most of modern psychology and also though i did just want to add that freud believes though that um what caused mental con addition is that it was the conflict between the id ego and the super ego so again not correct but it got us thinking about it even though um in clinical psychology, I actually talk about quite a lot of uh, the different dudes like um, Hippocrates, Aristotle. They had some quite interesting dudes on like mental health difficulties and like, how it all started. So the last one we're going to be talking about is positive psychology. So positive psychology is definitely a quite new and quite interesting, and this is where so this is what I think psychology should be going in at the future. So the positive approach I believe that psychology should study the positive aspects of human behaviour and the positive human equality, so people can live more fulfilled lives, which I think sounds which I think sounds really good. And it believes that people want to enhance their experience of play, work, and love, and this is what the approach is based on based on so really interesting and it's all about being positive which i think especially in a 2020 i think we could all try and um, in a joy more in a 2021 okay so what are the assumptions so firstly the positive approach acknowledges that humans have free will meaning that humans have a choice in their behavior and, and how they act but of course this <laughs> this is debated in psychology and i've sort of purposely stayed away from this area because i think it's going to be really really depressing reading but again, I might look at it more this year. So, well, secondly, the positive approach proposes that human goodness and positive emotions are authentic. Again, though, in even in altruism, that's still highly, highly debated. For some, for some people, are quite cynical about human behaviour, saying that we don't do um, altruism, you know, altruism, which is a pro-social behaviour, even though it could harm us. To be honest, I'm sort of quite quite cynical about that because I think that people don't just do it from the goodness of their hearts. Well, to some extent. I don't know. I don't know. It really is a tough one. 
but I do have to admit though, it is actually worded quite strangely, like strangely because of how it's at. Because what the actually means though is that in psychology there's a focus on negative emotions without acknowledging the good, which I completely agree with. And all that this means is that psychology needs to acknowledge that happiness and other emotions are as important and deserve our attention as much as negative emotions. And then finally, the positive approach to psychology looks at the good life, which are a set of factors that look at what makes a human, a human like well lived. And the findings by Sigmund, 2003, show that the following lives are important and they can flow in order. So you have the pleasant life. This life of positivity comes from the active pursuit of positive emotions in regards to the past, present and future. The good life. Positivity is reached by pursuing activities that positively engage with us as well as absorb us. Then you've got the meaningful life. This approach to life means that we are getting enjoyment from fulfilling a purpose that is greater than ourselves, which I absolutely love that one. So if we look at my own life, uh, the meaningful life is a writing and being like an author because I get to engage with you. Hopefully you're like enjoying this. Hopefully you like want to learn more and hopefully that you're learning stuff. So this is what I mean by the meaningful life because I'm because my purpose is to educate, help people, help people in enjoy life and everything and just like entertain our people. So hopefully like I'm fulfilling like that purpose. And then my for authors brand, which is the global author, because it's all about empowering authors and reaching a global audience all over the world. And and again though, like that is about being a purpose that is greater than myself because I'm helping authors. I am empowering people. So hopefully you like you've really enjoyed like today's episode. As always, I I always like, love to know your thoughts and feelings on like today's episode. And please check out Cognitive Psychology Second Edition. And if you know someone who will enjoy the podcast, then please share it. I will be extremely extremely grateful. Happy New Year, everyone! And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. And if you want a free eight book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.